And then immediately after that, he's mortified and just goes, well, you're the one that cheated to get the lead role. Yeah, wait a fib, dude. Wait a fib. She tells you that in confidence. Wait a fib. In confidence? You mean in blackmail? <laughs> <laughs> I think she was confident when she was blackmailing him. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, he's got you there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, got me there, guy. Hello and welcome to another arc of my first anime. This week and the next, we will be discussing the anime Fooly Cooly. I am your host, Chris Bailey. I'm Salvador, also known as Monkey. I'm Anthony Vaught. And uh, for this section, you wait until your name is spoken. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I had to get in the back of the bus. It is podcast <laughs> etiquette wow. that guests do not speak until addressed. <laughs> Yeah, so this... Uh, I hate everything. <laughs> uh, I'm loving this. This is great. <laughs> bringing Fooly Cooly to us is our special guest, uh, Matt Clemens. Matt, how's it going? Yo. If this is your first time listening, and for Matt, we do this book style, or book club style, try to really dive deep on the anime. General conception was that... Three people with different expertise. I'm somewhere in the middle on anime. Monkey has watched a lot. And Anthony, at the time we started this, had watched none. Still only like four in, to be fair. <laughs> True. So with that in mind, um, we all talked about this at the beginning of Cowboy Bebop. We're not going to do it every time. Um, but for Matt, our guest, what is your relationship with anime? Like, how? What's your journey with it through your life? What, any favorites? What got you into it? That kind of thing. And to top it off, if you're currently watching anything now. I mean, I haven't been watching anything lately, but I would say that I put myself on that moderate level. I really like anime, and I liked it a lot more from my childhood, but I have not had enough time to really keep up with newer anime as it as times went by. What got you into it, if you remember? Like, do you remember your first anime? My first anime? Um... I would actually have to say that I was watching Gundam Wing with my brother growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I I watched, I remember getting in trouble quite a bit, actually, for watching Fully Cooly when I was a <laughs> child, getting caught up late at night. Oh, yeah. What was it, like a, a 12 o'clock slot or something? Yeah, it was something like that. It was it was up by the time that my dad would had gotten up and went off for third shift, and then my mom would get up and catch me, and then, you know... <laughs> I'd proceed to be in a whole shitload of trouble, but it would happen almost on a weekly occurrence. Should have just explained the thematics of Fully Cooly and why it was okay for you to be up watching it. Yeah, you try explaining anime <laughs> to two Marines and see how far they get you. I imagine very. So my segue didn't work exactly as planned. If you notice how I snuck it in there. Oh shucks! Yeah, the segue <laughs> to anime minute. Yeah, would you see, like monkey picked up on anime it. minute. Owens still going on Hunter Hunter. Still in the Chimera Ant art. Still good. Full thoughts on that when I finish it. Um, it is getting much better. 
I think. The the villains are really interesting. Hunter Hunter has great villains. Yeah, yes they do. Um the other thing is I finally got around to finishing Great Pretender. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Why does that not sound good? <laughs> Anime, we need to talk, okay? Anime, can I see you for a minute in my office? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anime, stop trying to do, like, pick a thing and do that thing. But, like, there's, it always feels like I, I have, like, the inverse problem that I had with Devils of Part-Timer that I do with Great Pretender, where, like, Great Pretender is this, oh, it's a fun heist show. That's cool. Look at these rascals doing heists. And then it's like, oh, it's becoming about these people confronting and overcoming their traumas from their lives literally being destroyed. And the character work they do is actually good, but then it all just kind of gets sidelined for more heist stuff that we have already seen for the past 20 episodes and it goes nowhere and that's like super annoying and we're just supposed to be like oh yeah okay the 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 girl who's like super angry all the time um because she watched her parents die and then has PTSD from getting roped into war in Iraq she's fine now don't worry about it and we're just supposed to be like okay oh wow so I should I should still watch it though is what you told uh, me yes you will probably not take issue with it in the way I do okay it's fun. Um, it, if you think about it, it kind of crumbles a little, but it's a fun show. Anime, be better. Uh, Stop putting one guy in a room who wants to make a better show and then ignoring him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is my anime minute. How about you, Monkey? Um, I have officially dropped Jinjutsu Kensen, wherever it is. I think I'm going to try to read the manga, but right now where I hold about the manga is it's stuck right now. So it's like I shouldn't read it until they get past this arc. So I dropped that one, and I uh, the last episode of Haikyuu, or well, not the last, ep- but the last episode of the season was last week, and it was good. I cannot wait for the dumpster fight. Yes, they have a match. It's called the dumpster fight because one team is the crows and the other team is the cats, and so when uh, cats and crows fights in the dumpster, apparently. But other than that, I haven't been really watching anything. I still am trying to get through um, my life as a villainess or whatever it is where I talked to you guys yesterday, but I don't know why it's not grabbing me. The last episode really bore me to death. Like, the thing is, everybody has magic powers, but they don't do magic until, like, they need to. It's weird. So it's like, oh, yeah, these guys have magic powers. And I'm like, I forget the show is like this. Forget the show is like about, it's like a girl trapped in a dating sim game, and then they have magic powers for some reason. And they don't discuss it until they discuss it. You know what I'm saying? It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so other than that, that's what I've been watching. Oh, also, not an anime, but Cobra the Enthusiasm. Fantastic show. I would make I would recommend it. It's not an anime, you guys, but watch it. It's so fucking good. Oh my gosh. Larry Larry David is not a shonen character. No, I said a bishonen. Oh, bishonen. <laughs> I don't know what bishonen is, but that's like the term for like pretty guy, pretty anime boys, I think. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> But it's so fucking good. I, re- I thoroughly recommend it. I'm trucking along the second season now. I second that recommendation. Anthony? Uh, nothing anime-wise. I'm still on that holiday binge, like, uh, just family all over the place right now. And we started, like I said, work started back up for me, so I just haven't had a lot of time. The only thing I have been watching is, like, non-anime. It's just Shit's Creek. I finally got involved in that. Oh, how good is it? 
That was pretty good. I, like I was about to say, if I didn't know that you had watched two seasons of Shit's Creek, if it was a worse show, I'd be very bad at you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, it, I, I've been having a ball with Shit's Creek. Uh, okay, so let's talk quickly about Fully Cooley. It's 2003. You're 12 years old. It's midnight. <laughs> <laughs> What's this show? Hmm, this seems interesting. Let's watch the anime. Jesus Christ. And that is how a bunch of fucking weeblings developed a complex about Manic Pixie Dream Girls with a cool streak. And kind of introduced Dream Girls. <laughs> God kinda, damn, way to oversimplify a character. Shit. Oh, dude, trust me, I am not going <laughs> to oversimplify. But when you're fucking 12 and you see Haruko, you're like, okay. I get it. Okay. Actually, okay. that the sad bit is, is that you could actually confuse which character you're fucking talking about with that statement. Uh, I fucking hope not, because mom, mommy, me will burn your house down and kill you in your sleep. <laughs> so manic pixie. <laughs> oh, except, yeah. except the main goal runs you over and hits you with the guitar. What are you yeah, talking but it's, about? But it's, fun and wi- it's fun and whimsical because it gives you a robot. And whimsical, my ass. <laughs> but also, she's so cool. No way! <laughs> oh my god! Listen, I'm just, just I'm just saying. Over. If a cool older lady wants to run me over and hit me with a guitar, you're into that stuff. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> that you're fucking insane. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, Fooly Cooly was like such a weird thing because outside of like that, which I'm like thirty percent joking. Um, it, it also like I think gave genesis to the kind of law random kind of humor in the budding Western anime community, which sucks because like on further inspection, this show is like anything but that. Um, but of course, when you're 12, you don't see through it. Um, so just real quick, everyone's relationship history with Fooly Cooly. Um, uh, Anthony, go first. Uh, yeah, uh, it all started for me back about uh, one day ago when I watched the first episode. And uh, I was very inebriated last night when I watched this episode. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm I'm real excited to like, well, actually, it's kind of funny. Me and Matt were actually playing an ARM last night, and then he, he hopped off. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to knock out Fully Cooley. I'll fucking half a fifth in. Let's do it. So I'm pretty excited to get to my notes. <laughs> I am proud of this. <laughs> uh, for me, it's kind of what I said, but also like, I I haven't watched it since it dropped off Adult Swim, I think. Um, and I definitely had the perspective of like, this is a cool, fun show, and I like kind of get what it's doing, but I don't fully understand what it's doing. So it's really so far interesting to go back with all the added perspective. And honestly, I'm kind of seeing it in a totally different way now. Yeah, I don't know when I watched this. I just remember I watched this when I was young. And oh my gosh, did it like go over the top of my head. I mean, I watched all six episodes just because you, you're done with the series after six episodes, so you, you get the whole story. Supposedly, you get the whole story in six episodes. It's a cool show. Like, fucking the, the main girl is running around with a bass guitar, hitting people with their heads, and she has a cool-ass Vespa. I did not realize how <laughs> lame scooters are until I was older, but um, when you're younger, Vespas are pretty fucking cool. But yeah, I watched it, and I've watched it again. Like, if not like maybe 10 years ago or something like that. And I thought it was fine. And then I watched it again. I, I was kind of disappointed this time, you guys. I'm not going to lie. Kind of disappointed. 
Hmm. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how about you with Fully Coley? Uh, for me, this is honestly my favorite anime to watch. Um, reasons for saying that is that it, for me, is just something I can sit down and watch, and it's just a ton of dumb fun. If I don't want to pay attention, it's just fun to watch. If I want to pay attention, there's a lot of detail that you'll pass over. And when I say that, I watch this thing probably more times than I care to admit, considering I had it on my old iPod video back in the day. Guess. Nice. If you had to guess, you get the exact number, you win $10 million. What's your number? Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, pick a number, <laughs> guess. I don't know, I'm going to say, because I used to watch it on car trips, I'd probably say I've watched it somewhere in the neighborhood of like eight times. Oh, okay. I was expecting like an, I was expected like, I don't know, a hundred. <laughs> I would say at least minimum eight times. Okay. And then um, for me, I just, I really like the show because it's just, it's got a lot of the little hidden details, but the story is decent enough, but the overall show just doesn't take itself overly seriously. And that's what I like in an anime. I want an anime that's just entertaining to watch that if I want to turn my brain off, I can. If I want to pay a little bit more attention to it, I can. But it's not just constant barrage of just mind-numbing information. I'm just going to say I've been approaching this uh, very much <laughs> brain-firing on all fucking cylinders. Um, I think the show might be genius. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of getting that vibe too, man. The amount I had to like pause and be like, "I, right, I got to unpack about four fucking things that they said right now, dude." I don't do the last three episodes have so much shit in them. You have no idea. <laughs> yes, it really does. Because the first one was like, "Can we stop for a second? Like, oh my god!" Oh, the first one is like manic and crazy, but I think it's the lightest in terms of like content for you to be like oh i see okay hold on let's talk about this number number one is rather just crazy and getting you introduced to the series uh two kind of takes a slower pace and is kind of the oddball three kind of starts to pick back up into that manic and then it just starts to go absolutely hog nuts with the fucking just going to blast as much as i can at you while still being funny yeah it doubles down on like literally everything uh, but quick housekeeping before we jump into episode one. Fully Cooly is made by Kazuya Tsurumaki and Yoji Enokido, uh, both who came from Evangelion. So great pedigree there. <laughs> the music is done by Shinkichi Mitsumune. He does a lot of the original, like more composition stuff, but most of the music, especially if it sounds more full band, is done by the pillows and absolutely fucking slaps. Yeah, the 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 music is oh my god, fantastic in this series. Yes, it I highly recommend the pillows as a band from their other stuff I've heard outside of this anime. Probably only doing four characters for this series. I might rope in the guy who gets introduced in four. I forget how big of a role he ends up playing. We'll see. Um, so just run down the list real quick. We've got our main boy, Nauta Nandaba, voiced by June Mizuki in the original, a woman for anyone who wasn't sure. Um, she did not have any other roles that really jumped out at me. Uh, a lot of these uh, voice actors are fairly light in their roles, which I found was really interesting. In the English, she's Barbara, or he is Barbara Goodson, who is Laharl from Disgaea, who now that I read it, I hear it, and holy shit, the fact that I did never connected that. <laughs> and 
weirdly enough, Lady Vosh in Warcraft. Didn't she also do something for like Power Rangers back in the day? That's entirely possible. I the the downside to this is I only do stuff that I feel like is gonna have context for me or I know is gonna have context for someone else here, and I don't know about Power Rangers. Uh, next, we've got Haruko Haruko Haruhara, uh, voiced by Mayumi Shintani, who does uh, this. <laughs> I'm now understanding. I think why I like this character so much. Non uh, Non Jakazure from Kill a Kill. Hell yeah, woo, my woo. fucking girl, dude. She's so goddamn annoying, and I love it. It's so good. Um, <laughs> and I don't know who this character is, but stay with me. Uh, Lucia Fex from Promare. Oh, I don't know who that character is. I have to look at the picture. Uh, Promare is the Trigger movie that came out recently, I think, but that's not important. English voice actor is Carrie Walgreen, and this was actually her debut anime role. Uh, she does Fu in Samurai Champloo. Taoya in Naruto, who I don't remember who that is, but the name rings a bell. And this mini game I like to play with myself, even though it's not a game. It finally happened. She does Lucia Fex from Promare. <laughs> English and Japanese voice actor doing the same character. Okay. <laughs> uh, she also does Ash from Final Fantasy XII, Lilica from Rogue Galaxy, Ovelia from War of the Lions, Elika from bu- 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 Prince of Persia 2008, and Aranea Highwind from Final Fantasy XV. Well, probably heard her voice then from the Prince of Persia and War of the Lions. Oh, she she did a voice in Card Captors. So it's kind of wild because I went through this entire. No one here, I think this is a first, has been in My Hero. <laughs> that um, is really <laughs> fucking weird. Oh my yeah. gosh, right. What the fuck? Zero My Heroes so far in Fully Cooly. God, every time you like, we introduce people, you're like, and for this person from My Hero Academia. Uh, but yeah, apparently a lot of fucking people are in card captors too. I always see it, but I never write it down because I don't even know what a card captor is. I assume it's like a Yu-Gi-Oh. No, what? What is your point? You talking about card captor Sakura? <laughs> oh my, you talking about a staple in anime culture? You don't know what that is? And you're saying it's Yu-Gi-Oh? I said it's similar to a Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't know if I would go as far as to put card captors as a staple, but it is a big thing. I'm sure. Ugh. Mama Me uh, Samejima, uh, voiced by Izumi Kasagi. No other roles that I noticed. You want to say that name again? Uh, Mama Me Samejima. Oh my God. What's up? It's Mamimi. Oh, sorry. Yes, Mamimi. It's the last name was messing me up because <laughs> I, I was originally thinking of it as Saijima, but I had to remember there was Samejima. So I was thinking of the May sound. Yeah. So Mamimi Samejima. Uh, in the English, uh, Stephanie Shea, who does Hinata from Naruto, or Hime from Bleach, Yui from K-On, Usagi Tsukino from the Viz dub of Sailor Moon and in Sailor Moon Crystal, uh, Latte in Little Witch Academia, Julie in Legend of Korra, uh, Metis in Persona 3 Fests, and my fucking girl Stell Bright from Trails of Gold Steel Floor. Our final character that I'm going to be doing is... Eri Ninamori is voiced by Mika Ito in the uh, Japanese. Only role, other role I noticed was Satoshi Tainaka, who is uh, Ritsu's little brother in Kaon. <laughs> and in the English, uh, Melissa Fawn, who we have talked about before as Edward from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, I'm sorry. There is one more. Uh, Miu Miu, the fat cat. 
he is uh, Hideaki Anno. Really? Creator of Evangelion. Really? <laughs> in the Japanese, in the English, he's everyone's favorite man, Steve Blum. Seriously? Yep. Oh my God. So, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into episode one. Bully Cooley. We open on just a panning shot of the city Mabase. I'm just going to say it repeatedly at the beginning because I never wrote it down. I want to remember. Uh, there's a girl and kid hanging out under the bridge. Girl is talking about baseball. And obviously these are Nauta and Mamami. Mamimi. Fucking hate that name, dude. And then let's just go ahead and tell you what this show is about real quick. <laughs> now to ask her why she's always hanging around. She embraces him from behind. He tells her she smells like cigarettes. He's <laughs> like, why do you always do stuff like this? Keep in note that she says she hasn't been smoking recently. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, yeah, that shit. I actually didn't even think about that. I know what you're referring to. She says, if I don't, I'll overflow. And he's like, so what'll happen? She's like, I don't know, probably something amazing. I like the, that's kind of an adorable beginning scene, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it is until you realize that she's 17 and he's 12. Yeah, well, I didn't know that they, I didn't know what they were going on either. I mean, at the moment, it's just a hug, right? Uh, I, no, is dude. This a, she bites his ear. There's and, connotations. Yeah, because he has a hickey in the next scene. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Also, the fucking boy carries his brother bat everywhere in this first episode, which is... If we're going to ask the internet, the the short definition, because this is one I had to fucking look up myself, is overflow was her way of communicating, parentheses, mostly sexual in nature, frustrations and emotions to Naota that makes sense to her. Yeah, and I think overflow is a good term to describe what continuously happens with Nauta and what happens with her and what ends up happening with uh, Nina Mori as well. If you end up actually looking at her character a little harder, which it gives you more information later on, um, it gives you kind of an idea, a little bit of what's going on there, but it requires a lot of reading between the lines. Yeah, and kind of to that note, I'm just going to say at the top, Assuming I'm remembering the end of this series, like the the back half of this series correctly, like I'm seeing it now that this series is like simultaneously very sad and very optimistic. And I mean, it's totally supposed to be because of what it's trying to depict. Um, and the other thing is I think that the, like the puberty and sexual awakening metaphors are like, yes, they're very front and center. But I think this ends up being about so much more and like a deeper kind of like actualization and maturation and a deeper kind of love. Uh, we get Nauta's monologue. Nothing amazing happens here. Everything is ordinary. The few, the huge factory that can be seen from our town, the medical mechanica plant. All the adults, adults got excited when it came here. Like it was a really big thing. The white steam that bellows out every day at the same time. It looked to me like smoke that signified some kind of omen. Smoke that spreads out and covers everything. That's just an iron. That, that's what it looks like. It's a big ass iron. Yeah. Big ass gold <laughs> yeah, iron. Just iron with like steam coming out. <laughs> and now you see the iron symbolizes the monopoly piece because actually mm. this is capital. <laughs> I see the irony here. 
I think you're digging a little too much there on that. (laughs) (laughs) And then our Vespa girl shows up, speeding down the street as Mamimi and Nauta are walking back. He does not like sour drinks. She was just, he was just about to say something about his brother and she paused and froze up. Yeah, right before that though, she like takes a sip from his drink and hands it back to him. And he looks petrified at the idea of drinking from the same container. Oh, it's not just that. She forced him to get a sour drink. Sour drink, right? Yeah. He yeah, doesn't like sour, sour drinks. And he already said, like, I don't like sour drinks. But the, he put yeah. the money in the machine. And before he could select what he wanted, he, she just came over here and said, I want this one. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's I think the scene is doing two things. One, it's the she just drank from this. If I drink from that, it's like our lips touched because they, they even do that later with uh one of the other characters. But also, yeah, I, I think his whole thing with like foods and flavors is they're they're also doing that here and how he doesn't like sour drinks, but it's a more mature taste or whatever. We yeah, also see ahead. the letter, right, Flash? Or the mail. That's not till later on in the first episode. Or is it the first episode? Is it the second? It's the first episode. We see the mail. I remember before the moped comes by or the Vespa, sorry. Uh there's a like a flash where you see the mail. Yeah, you might be right. It's yeah, actually right. towards the end of the first one. Well, you see it twice. It, there's, it's twice in the episode. No, oh. you see it right here because in my notes it says brother is in the U.S. And that's how you know it's because of the mail. No, he says yeah, my he brother in America, it, yeah. but he doesn't actually show the, the mail. The mail doesn't show up till towards the end of the episode when they're running towards the when he's running towards the bridge and she's looking through his crap in his room. Yeah, I think Anthony is right that it does, like, flash it at some point, and you're talking about the scene. I'm talking, dude, it's, like, 0. 0.3 seconds. Like, it's literally, like, yeah, they you, flash you might it. That's why right. I paused it and went back. It's like, that seems important, but it, it turns out... It is, but it's... Yeah, it turns out, I feel like it kind of is, but it also, like, it could, they show it later, so, like, it's fine. I mean, it is important in the way that, like, largely this show should be seen from Nauter's perspective, and I think it does a good job of, like, showing you what's going through his mind. Yeah, so Mama Me is walking away. He throws his drink and gets upset and starts to yell about yell something about his brother in the U.S. Uh, she stops in her tracks. He freezes. <laughs> and before they can continue, Haruko runs him over with her Vespa. And he's dead. End of show. Yep, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, they have the whole thing about like how he's dead. Haruko's... So, okay. Anthony? Go, dog. Fully Cooly is some anime-ass anime. And I think it is very much the... F- it's the first one we've really watched that is, like, full anime... Goes full anime in terms of, like, the wackiness and the weird animations and facial expressions and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So... I would say I, it takes that to the next level and goes Deadpool on anime. Kinda, yeah. Um, so, so I'm curious, like, this... I think... And this is the first scene that, like, really leans on it. With, like, oh, he's dead and... Uh, Mama me being like his name's Taro and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm wondering how you respond to that. Uh, so just the the anime ass anime. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about <laughs> anime ass anime? Uh, I I don't mind it. Um, I kind of expected this more already from like, like just outside in looking into like commercials of anime that just pop on and stuff like that, where everyone's like, where like you know they'll do the waving of the arms really fast and like their head gets real big and shit like that. So I kind of expected this and I honestly, I don't mind it at all in terms of like, if that's what you're asking me about, I don't know, but 
No, I, I was just wondering because uh, it. I think Fooly Cooly gets away with it, but there's definitely other times where like the anime-ness of anime can be really grating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I don't have, like you kind of said, I don't have anything to compare it to really, except mm-hmm. for like Ed stuff, but I know that I'm, I am I never came out of the story because of it. Like it felt sure. correctly placed. Um, yeah, I dude, I'm, I'm in. I mean, I feel like that it's, for some people, it can be a little bit too jarring. Like they feel like they're watching a classical Sunday cartoon and it's just like, Oh, and then this comes on. Oh, they'll no, not that, but they'll just break physics and reality of a show entirely. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny though? I uh, yeah, I have written down like after the driver assumed death or whatever. I put this seems anime as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so what we got for the the next? Uh, so he gets run over by Windu, uh-huh. and then <laughs> Haruko goes to revive him with her CPR, quote unquote. CPR with the follow-up uh-huh. question of, did she stick her tongue in? Which we do not get an answer to. I really love the, I put lover uwu jelly. What? I, I, dude, I was drunk. What did you write? <laughs> Say that again? So it, I put, here's my exact, like, five words. Moped kiss, lover uwu jelly. Lover? Oh, oh that uh, Mamimi jelly. was jealous of the incident. And I guess happening. she had a weird face, probably. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah see, okay. see, did not and like instead it. Instead of using uwu properly, I probably just put that for when anime happens. Yeah, you definitely did not use uwu properly. We will, <laughs> we'll talk after class. Oh, the, the, during the, that kiss scene, they have the, the slowdown moment with the fourth wall break where they start talking yeah. about. Yeah, they go fucking trailer. I wrote start down talking fourth about wall break motion. there too. <laughs> and that's yeah, what I wrote. It took. No, that's what I wrote down, guys. I'm too drunk for this. <laughs> that was really good I love that when they was talking about how they did the scene you gotta hold your breath for that whole thing that could give you cramps <laughs> and he's like you guys are actually going in slow motion <laughs> uh, after that start to kick it up Haruko does one of the coolest things in anime and revs her guitar <laughs> with what like a chainsaw pull yeah. pull string mm-hmm. uh, yeah she hits him in the head and starts shaking him out be like, where is it? Yeah, she's trying to get get whatever whatever she's after to come out and is failing miserably. She's like, maybe it's time to hit him again. <laughs> so after she shakes him out, he wakes up and she Haruko speeds off. And what's that, Nauta? You want to introduce a theme to us? He says, a stupid adult, not mature enough to grow up. Hmm. Almost as if he's setting up the entire conflict of the show. Uh, and then he gets a horn. We cut to the school. The classmates are talking about the Vespa woman and her pervert curse. The the one that had the shaggy hair was the character, or was the voice actor that you all were trying to... Steve Blum? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Nauta misunderstands Vespa as Wasp. I'm sure that's a pun in Japanese that I don't understand. We cut to the train tracks where Haruko has found Nauto, Nauta. Jesus Christ. All these names use letters that I don't want. Vespin means wasp in Italian. Really? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> You're probably going to see me. How would he make that connect? But, <laughs> I don't know, but. <laughs> it's anime. Especially for a sixth grader. Okay, man. <laughs> um. They just talk more about the his 
because he's got a bandage over his horn and um, he's, a, he's accusing her of doing it mm-hmm. because and, he did it. What? <laughs> and she's she's wanting to see what's underneath there. Yeah. I just want to say I I think the animation and like art style on this show is pretty great in general. I really like it. Oh, them. it's fantastic. It's so good. I fucking love the animation of this. But whenever it gives like the close up and Haruko is doing her serious face, it's so fucking good. Like she just looks like a totally different person. It's always angled like at downwards. It takes it's, her from uh, looking like the fun character to the straight psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's he is. Hot takes a sizzle. <laughs> well, I mean, if you really look at it, maybe not. We'll talk about Arco. <laughs> I think a lot of her stuff comes in in the back half. Yep, psychopath. <laughs> I have a lot to say about her and why that's not true. <laughs> well, and why it's partially true, actually. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those that's like, yes, but no, but yes, but no. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Nauta escapes through. She, he runs past the train, and um, Haruko is stuck sitting there because she's on her Vespa. The things are down. Uh, we head over to the hospital where the nurse tells him that he has fully coolie disease, which is <laughs> a big long explanation. I just wrote in crude terms fully coolie boner disease. No, they give it another another phrase in the in the English. It's like, oh, what the fuck was it? It was flip tonic, flip away symptom or something. It, it, I think it's something weird in the Japanese too, but it basically gets simplified to calling it fully disease. They don't simplify it in the, or the FLCL. English version. They don't simplify it in the English version, and they just say that, and they just say children grow horns from trying too hard. Yeah, they have that, but there's also a line in there about like, oh, it's when your like skid hardens from stuff, and it's very much an allusion to boners. <laughs> oh yeah, it's yep. entirely a boner joke. Uh, it was was Haruka the nurse at this time? Haruka was the nurse. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's always a nurse. I, I just make. I didn't know if this had already happened. Yeah, it shows the at the end of at the end of the hospital scene yeah, shows yeah. the uh the doctor and the nurse tied up naked well except for their undergarments yeah <laughs> uh yeah she's like that nah, full of shit and attacks him <laughs> <laughs> he does manage to escape after we get like a almost looney tunes-esque outside shot of the hospital with it just bouncing around <laughs> yep back at his home um now to gets a call from mamimi uh and he rejects her and lies on his bed and has a brief remembrance about his brother. Oh, the the what she was calling about was the photos that she took earlier when he got ran over by the Vespa. Yes. Yeah. She wants him to come see them. And he's like, I don't care. They're just photos. Go hang out with your friends. Now it is a piece of shit. Well, I mean, you could give him a break on that. He's kind of had a rough fucking day. <laughs> uh, no, no. He's just he, he's he's an asshole. Like he got his ass kicked. I don't think that's true either. I disagree. At all. I, I, I was kind of being flippant when I said, like, everyone in the show is a piece of shit. Um, I think there's, like, two characters in the show who are legitimately pieces of shit. Um, Can I guess one? One we haven't met yet. Yeah. The dad. Hell yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and the other one we haven't met yet. Everyone else, I think... It, the mayor? Yeah, he's not even a character. I don't think he even gets screen time. 
He doesn't, but he's still a piece of shit by all definitions. <laughs> sure. Um, but like everyone else is just, they're all, all the other characters. I mean, even those two characters, but they still fucking suck are all going through the same stuff in different ways and at different stages. And like, yeah, you can call Nauta an asshole for how he acts towards Mamimi, but also she's trying to like use him as a surrogate for his brother. And the, the fuck okay the reason i didn't want to go into this so early but the reason he's hanging out with her is because that's what he wants too he wants to be seen like his brother for for whatever reason up to this point all we know is that he idolizes his brother well yeah. that's pretty much all the information that's really given up until this point is that everybody idolizes the brother um well just these two characters really. well even there's this i think in the like episode oh fuck two or three even the grandpa was like kind of being protective of the brother. Like, I don't want him dating her or whatever. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, sure. So, like, you get, yeah. you, you're, they're definitely setting the, the stage that this brother is something, you know? Yeah, he's hot I shit. I mean, he, he's, <laughs> exactly. He's made something of himself. He, he's going over the U.S. and studying abroad to play baseball, like, assuming at the university level. Mm hmm. So, he's fucking hot shit. He's, he's up there. And I guess I'll go ahead and just throw this out there now because it's something we're going to get into again with every character. Um, I, I think it also is pretty clear that Nauta was very close with his brother and now his brother's gone. So not only does it we do we get this like little bit of abandonment, um, but also an idea of being left behind because of the age gap. And Nauta maybe feels like if he can if he matures, then his brother will come back. It may not like that simply, but you know, that that kind of fucking 12-year-old naivete. It's the trying yeah. not to disappoint your family, in this case, the brother, um, by being seen as a lesser person. Or a kid, because like his his brother's an adult now. He what kind of adult wants to he in his mind probably like he doesn't want to hang out with a fucking kid anymore. So if I act like an adult, maybe we'll hang out still. I have a question. Yeah. Are we in this fucking comic thing yet? Yes. So first I want to call out the fat cat because the cat shows up a lot and he's <laughs> fat. It's great. Well, the fat cat, has it shown up yet? Yeah, this is like now. the second time. Because the fat cat doesn't show up till after the comic script scene, I didn't think. No, he's before. Oh. Uh, Nauta walks past him. He walks into the kitchen. Then the comic strip scene happens. The manga scene. <laughs> Which, holy shit, the scene is great. What the fuck happened? What do you mean? <laughs> and I, I don't know. I was too drunk to understand what was going on. She shows up at the house and is being, and now to us told that she is now going to be the housemaid because she ran over the father with the Vespa. Oh, so yes. dad got hit with the Vespa too. Yeah. yeah she did not yeah. realize that. that actually comes back. And then the mouth to mouth issue gets brought up, or Mimimi gets brought up, and then mouth to mouth gets brought up. Mm-hmm. And then they proceed to spend the rest of the time talking about uh, what is uh, fully coolie or furry curry, depending on Free-curry. the. Yeah. So they spend so much time just trying to figure out what the hell that means, even, and don't get anywhere with it. Yeah. And then so then she tricked the family into becoming a housekeeper. She didn't trick uh-huh. them. She didn't trick the family. Yep. She did not trick them. Well, Hold on. I, I think she did trick them. She but. did it She did it to avoid, essentially, if you want to think about it from a, a realistic standpoint, she did it to avoid a lawsuit. 
for having ran over the fucking father with a goddamn Vespa. I think it was entirely intentional. I think it was her plan the whole time. Well, probably, but that's not. I can't wait to finish this episode so we could talk about horror code fault or this this series. <laughs> so the I have a brother note, brother back on top, brother something on top, bunk on top. You're probably talking about oh, the bunks. Okay. We'll get there. So we're not there yet. Um, br- the brother is back on top. Um, yeah, no, we're pretty much getting there. We go through the manga stuff. Um, Haruko is either talking to herself or the cat or her alien boss in Naoto's room. It's the cat. <laughs> but is the cat the ley line to her alien boss? Uh, <laughs> that part I'm going to leave out, but the it, she's talking to the cat. Yeah. Naoto comes in. Uh, Haruko uh, says that she's an alien. And they talk more about uh, what's under the bandage. Nauta gets pissed off and is like, you came here with my dad. Go stay with him. Get the fuck out of my room. And then one of the moments that should be paid very much attention to with regards to Haruko's character, I think. Um, Because I I think it is like partially manipulative. I think it's partially legitimate um, in that she kind of sheepishly tells him that you're the one I met first. It's one of those um, 50-50. It can be argued both ways. Like I said, I think it's a bit of both. Um, and it definitely for Nauta, like, makes him... What's the phrase I'm looking for? Makes him question his his own personal self. Like, he has to, like, leave the room because he's just like, I don't know what to make of this. Or, or, or actually more than that, I, I think it's like, she's like, oh, you're the one I saw first. So to him, potentially, that that's something that's devoid of the typical kinds of judgment he's looking for she's like no i don't want to go be with your adult dad i'd rather hang with you oh it's the um it's not the judging you based on your brother yeah exactly that he's used to yeah it's judging him on him nice but shit i lost my place did they cuddle yeah because she can't use the top bunk because that's where his brother sleeps and the, so she gets on the bunk with him and she's like well i can't get on the top bunk yeah, I wrote down problematic, but I think I trust him. Isn't she like 19? Ah, uh, who knows? Um, allegedly. Allegedly. She's claiming to be 19. Yeah, she claims she's 19. Um, the classmates or something, I think, posit that she's probably in her 20s. Also, she's an alien, so who the fuck knows? <laughs> uh, Nauta goes downstairs because he's all flustered. His dad is there. With uh, Mami Mi's photos being an asshole. He sold her the date old bread that she asked for. Did he sell it or did he give it to her? Um, it is implied sell because she he she came by looking for the day old bread special. That's what he said. Oh, okay. Uh, Nauta runs off while we hear a song that someone wrote immediately after listening to the Pixies. Oh, oh back up for just a second. Um, do note that it, he says something about uh, Mamimi, he says. Uh, he asked Nauta, um if her family is poor, because why would she be coming there for the day old bread special? Oh yeah, the dad does say something about that. Yeah, he does. Um, which holy shit, dude! I saw the show probably so many times when it was on Adult Swim. I never picked up on how fucking sad Mamimi is. Oh, Mamimi is such a sad cow. Though. Oh, it's it really actually- is. The more you dig to her character, the more you're just like, I feel like dog shit because of this character. Although she is very um, self-harming, you just feel for her. Yeah, because, I mean, it's 
<laughs> she's not in a good space mentally. It's not her fault. Well, you can say it is her fault in certain instances, but I don't know enough about her yet. I think that is a difficult line to try and walk, but I don't think for the mm, whatever. We'll we'll talk. We'll about dive that. that one a little bit later. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we we get to Mom Mimi smoking on the bridge. Her cigarette says "Never knows best" on it for some reason. Naota asks how much she likes his brother. And she starts to give a bunch of analogies. Um, does he come in with his T-shirt with a 90-degree symbol on his shirt? Yes, you guys it's see that? Was supposed, I... supposed to be for a baseball field. Hmm? Oh, really? Okay. I was, like, wondering what the 90-degree meant. It's pointed. So instead of being, like, uh, 0 to 90, it's, like, cocked at a 45 to a 135-degree mm-hmm. angle. So it's um, showing a baseball field. Oh, okay. This is when Nauta decides to drop the bomb that his brother has a girlfriend. Not just any girlfriend. (laughs) He got himself a blonde one. No, an American girlfriend. Yeah, an American blonde girlfriend. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is where we're intercut with the scene of Haruko struggling with whether or not to look at the photos. Bro, I'll be I'll be honest. Didn't know anything like that was happening in this part. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but like, well, she she says that, and then you see her um her little bracelet on her wrist start to jingle. Mm-hmm. And that's when the the alarms for the uh, medical mechanica plant go off. Yep, and also, uh, Mamimi gets a headache and basically passes out. And in response, the same thing, well, not the same thing, but um, Nauta's horn starts to break out. Uh, that shit starts happening. Hark is racing over and outside or <laughs> through Nauta's head burst two robots. Well, one full robot and one robot arm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they start to fight. Like the robot fights? Yeah, these fight scenes rule. The music fucking jams. You got the so robot arm that's like a tan or greenish kind of color or grayish. And then um, then the other one is red. The red is a very big thing to pay attention to. Yes. Conti is important. Red as a color is very important. Yeah. Uh, Haruka shows up and whacks the robot. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> she shows up and um this is right after Conti finishes killing the arm and then proceeds to hit Conti in the back of the head with the with her uh base. Oh, right, and, and then Nauta's like, Oh, you look like my brother there no, or something. Uh, right? she, she he just says, Wow. And he says as yeah. soon as I as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I knew I, they shouldn't have. For a second, she reminded me of my brother. Right. Yes. Okay. And then the, the best bit is they they do this thing at the end of that scene where it's played as kind of a joke or at the end of the fight where she's just looking around going, where is he? And now to still hung up by his shirt on, on Conti. Yeah. <laughs> but there's extra connotation to that that will have to be brought up later. Hmm. Uh, we cut back to the house. Conti's chilling, making some bread under the tutelage of Haruko. 
I think this is why I wrote, I am way too drunk for this. <laughs> was that thing right after the fucking head sprouting shit? We get our first hit of Little Busters. Little Busters? It's the song that's going to play every time the fights happen. Oh, every time okay. Nauta fuses with Conti, it's going to play, basically. Gotcha. Um, it's a, It says Little Busters a lot. Uh, Nauta... He's a, it goes back to him giving monologue, I think, about how nothing amazing ever really happens or something like that. Does it do that again? Uh, at, at the very end, I think, yeah. Okay. Right. It does end with him having another sour drink, though, and saying he reprises how he doesn't like sour drinks, but then he steals himself and he drinks it. <laughs> also, he drank it after... Um, Mamimi. Yeah. Yeah, Mamimi. Was there a quote that says "Help get me off"? Probably. Oh god. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's him. That's being that's <laughs> that's him being hung up on Conti, and while she's going, "Where is he?" and "Help get me down." Okay, because I wrote "Help get me off," and then I wrote "Please no." <laughs> Anthony just wrote "Help get me off" fourteen times on his notebook. I did. That is episode one. Are we good with episode one? I'm good. Is there any major questions or like that that we might be able to tear through? I have a question, not about the show, but Anthony, you said you watched episode one yesterday. Yes. So how how you fe- how were you feeling coming back in? You got to watch episode one of Fooly Cooly and then Dude, sit and I wait. I was excited. I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah. Cause, well, because last night I was like, dude, there's a lot going on here, and this like, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like a lot like holy shit, this is a lot, like, I'm gonna have to, like, unpack everything, and, like, uh, it was just, like, a lot, and I had a smile on my face the whole time. Cool. I mean, yeah, dude, this is totally the kind of show where you're gonna miss a lot on your first watch, I think. And they just, they tell you, like, a lot, or they tell you so much in every scene. They've either got, like, three characters talking or some shit. Yeah, and then, like, all the, like, even even if you don't catch, like, the really big parts, like, you get the goofiness. Like, you're definitely going to catch the goofy, like, anime-ass anime stuff. (laughs) Go to episode two, Firestarter. Um, You may have noticed by now, this show does not have an intro. It doesn't. It plays a lot of music, (laughs) but there's no intro. Uh, Mamimi is at now to school, and he's like, don't come to my school. Because it's weird. <laughs> and then the, I mean, yeah. His classmates are like, what the heck? Is are they dating? Yeah, Ari's talk. Uh, Nora, Nora, what the fuck? Nina Mori is talking mad shit. Uh, she's always like, pretty much every scene she's in, she's like, by the way, Dr. Your new accessory looks like shit. Your <laughs> bandage is dumb. Your so hat's good. dumb. So Nina Mori, that's the jelly purple haired girl, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and you can tell she's jealous even though <laughs> she's trying to play it off like she's too cool. Yeah. She's like, oh, that, that girl seems dumb. Bruh, Jelly AF. Which, honestly, mad respect for her in this show, this time. Here we get the bit about Haruko looking at Nauta's brain. He doesn't have a brain, but he's got new horns. Yeah, it shows basically like a black hole in his skull. Uh, so this she robot, jams out. Uh, yeah, the robot's a fucking. It's got 
Can, can you guys explain this here? It actually get asked. Why can this? Why can this machine do X-rays? Because it's a medical mechanica robot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it just sprouted from his head. Yeah, he's like, why'd that come out of my head? She's like, I don't know. Great question. <laughs> great question. Why isn't your brain there? It's, oh my just, it's God. just deflection entirely. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. Uh, briefly before that exchange, she jams out and reveals herself as a Galaxy Patrol officer. Galaxy space, Patrol space, officer. Uh, first uh-huh. class space patrol officer in the English version. Sheesh. Which I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it now. She changes costumes again. Pay attention to how many times she changes costumes in the show. Or changes roles or titles or what she is. It's a lot. <laughs> you didn't hear it from me, but uh <laughs> just just pay attention to that. Uh Conti is outside loading the car, wearing black wings and a halo, because why the hell not? Why is he working outside? <laughs> good question, so Dota. Good. Here's his dad to explain it to you using robot manga. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there was so much anime references in this. Did you guys hear the big one? Yeah, he wrote a novel on Eva. Yeah. And then like that's why he's like that's that's why he has the basis to say that why, why that robot can be outside working on shit. Uh-huh. He also what starts talking about like how um, how humans and and uh, humans and robots need to work, learn to work and live together. It's like, oh my gosh! <laughs> someone like, hey, someone robot. passed the script over to Anno. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, okay, where are my lines as the cat? <laughs> and then he like scribbled this part down and then passed it back. Yeah, is there any other say. references in this? There's like a bunch of anime references. Dude, he yeah, he he talks about a lot of robot manga. Yeah. I'm not that familiar with most of them, though, so... Or, like, any of them, really. Nauta goes off to see Mamimi under the bridge again. She has a new Takun kitten. <laughs> Nauta's like, wait, he's Takun, too? <laughs> Takun. Yeah, that was good. Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, sorry, I want to mention this before we get there. Yeah. So, when they're when they're talking about, like, the dad's explaining the robot, and there's all this thing, everyone's just vanishing. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's showing yeah, different people... It's showing different people walking by going, what the fuck? And yeah. then it just like, we'll cut to the next person because they don't want to spend too much time with one person sure. just staring at the robot. I think they want to show a whole bunch of different people looking at it. The way I took that is he's giving this whole lecture on why it's cool. Like it's fine. But then it shows people roll up and see this robot and be like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> but I think my favorite one was like, I think there was a little kid. The robot was inside. The There's a little kid sitting on the steps. And the robot came out. The little kid got startled, turned around, and went into like some ninja form to try to fight it. And then just disappeared. <laughs> yeah. That one was my favorite one. I just wanted to bring that up. So we're at the river with Takuna Mamami and Nauta. Mamami talks about her game uh, with, uh, let me see, I have it somewhere. Her game, Firestarter. It's a game in Ensville with a city of devils. And basically you have to burn shit down to please Contito. Lord Conti. The black god or whatever. Oh, the god of the black flame. But for, oh, Nauta has, Nauta like kind of talks shit about her playing her game a little bit. And she's like, what, you don't like games? He's like, I'm too busy. I have to take care of people. Yeah, that's a strange thing to say. Well, he says that, and then he has to leave because he has to go um, <laughs> help someone. So, he, yeah, he's not wrong. He just doesn't have time. But also, like his, I mean, you have to remember that Nauta's whole thing is he's trying to be more mature. Oh, that's like, true. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. It's the I'm trying to give air that I'm I'm the responsible adult that I need to be. 
Yeah. For whatever reason, whether it's because he actually thinks he has to help people or because it's for his own self-satisfaction to get what he wants remains to be seen. But uh, to your point, he does have to go help somebody (laughs) because Haruko has decided I'm going to drive my Vespa through the wall of Medical Mechanica and see what happens. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, So he knew about that? I think she like called him or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she, she busts through and is hanging out with the cops. No, I think, uh, I don't necessarily think it's cops. It's more like guards. Hanging out with the cops. Or security, yeah, with the guards. Yeah. One dude's being a big old perv. Yeah, it was. Which, dude, she totally knows. She's playing that fool. Uh, Nauto rolls up and slams the cop in the head with a bite part. <laughs> could be, could be weird, dude. <laughs> could be the perv. Oh, yeah. Oh, we need no, to get- he doesn't say quit being weird. He says... You're you're an adult. Yeah, actually, that's worse. It's, it's like saying I'm disappointed. And I'm not mad. Um, the other thing was, it's not just a bike part. She he hits him in the head with a box and then hands the box over to um, Haruko, and she opens it up and pulls out a little Gundam figurine, <laughs> and then proceeds to take that with a wrench over to her bike and start screwing it onto her bike, and it turns into a nut. <laughs> I missed most of that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think I did too. It's one of those like, what the fuck? <laughs> Although that's just my favorite line so far, I think, was uh, when uh, I think it, when the guard was like, is he your brother? And the talking was like, we're not related. I'm human. <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. And then she goes, yeah, he's my guardian. Yeah. And he's like, it's weird that you have a kid as your guardian, don't you think? He's like, yeah, but you came, didn't you? <laughs> That makes so much more sense now. That's funny as fuck, actually. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Mamimi is stalking Conti to a burned down building. He climbs up it and he starts flying. And she keeps calling him a god throughout the whole thing, too, right? Yeah. And well, this is where she's like, oh, yeah, he's a god when he starts flying. We get the scene of Haruko. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, So... Yeah, so she was following that guy. Do you guys see the cat, uh, the Taku cat, um, when that the halo was, like, floating or whatever? The cat, like, just points directly at the halo. <laughs> I did not see that. It but... was so fucking funny. <laughs> that, like, she was like, what is that? And the cat just, like, points. And I was like, oh, my God. Yep. Sorry, I just had to uh, throw that in there. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Yeah, Taku's always fucking around. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, I think. Okay, so I think this actually comes at the beginning of the episode, like literally the first thing. Um, it's a little bit of narration from Mamimi um, where she says, I saw a god the other day by the river on a rainy afternoon. He helped a kitten that was left all alone. It's a god that only I can see, a black-winged angel that came down from the heavens just for me. Which that sounds familiar. Can be, can be interpreted in several different ways. It can be really mm-hmm. dark depending on how you read it. Yeah, I definitely think there's probably multiple meanings to that. I didn't, I didn't want to drill into it right now, but I just think it's something to think about with my Mimi story for sure. We are with Nauta and Haruko on the bike. I don't remember what they're talking about. It's a relatively normal conversation, I think, for by their standards, <laughs> and pretty chill. Um, Nauta has the internal monologue of when you're on a bike, the ocean's a lot closer than you think. The autumn salt wind went right through into the back of my nose, and maybe it's because, like Haruko said, my head was empty. 
wait, was that the scene that um that he goes, "Man, you're a shitty driver." Yeah, I think so. And then proceeds to just goes, "No, I'm a very safe driver." <laughs> yeah, fucking like pops a willy on a fucking Vespa. <laughs> oh, see, in the Japanese, she says, "No, I'm not." Oh, yeah, and, in the, yeah. In Japanese, she says, "No, I'm not." In the English, she says, "No, I'm a very safe driver." Then proceeds to just do some really dangerous shit. I mean, I yep. think they both still work in the sense that she's like, "Nah, I fucking got it under control." See, <laughs> I think the the implication for the English one because sarcasm is not as common of a thing in uh, Japanese language as compared to English language. Sure. So that when they localized it, they went ahead and were just like, yeah, let's just do this instead. Hmm. By the way, like I've said before, there's going to be a lot of little small differences between the English and the subtitle. So yeah, there dope. usually are. And it's interesting to see like how that even changes connotations. I mean, it really doesn't change much for the overall scenes as a whole, but it just... No. It can be interesting. So we, we go back to the house. Um, just where Mommy Me's outside. Yeah. Everyone's just kind of hanging out. The cats are... Haruko's playing with the cat. Yeah. With and the animation style goes weird. I'm not sure what the reference is there, actually. I don't know. Because they go into kind of more of a blurry um, animation style. Well, I appreciated this because they put their names up there for me to concisely and clearly write down and the age that they were. <laughs> so I was very appreciative. Uh, I wrote down, imagine if you could just Google something and find the character's name. Uh, I don't Google animes until after I watch them. You're probably oh, going to find a whole lot of spoilers to this one. I'm going to tell you probably, that Probably, but yeah, it's just a golden rule. Unless you accidentally read an essay. <laughs> accidentally read an essay. <laughs> Shit! All I wanted was now to his name. Damn it. 25 pages later. I read later. this 45 page yeah. thesis. Uh, yeah, it does show all the ages uh, and names repeatedly. It always throws up a question mark for Haruko. That's so good. Um, yeah, we learned that Mami Mi is 17 and Nauta is 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Cat having a great time. Goes and plays with the other fat cat. Conti comes back from running errands and he got both things he was asked to get wrong. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so, so we get a quick scene of Nauta and his friends at another burnt down place. Say it was like a boathouse. Oh, yeah. Um, this is the this is where we get a little bit older brother stuff, right? Uh, do we? What do we get? I thought uh, Mamimo was like, this is the story where she's like, the first time I met your brother was during the. No, 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 no. Oh. Um, yeah, there's there's not much with that. It's just like, hey, another thing burned down. Let's check it out. Arson's fun. We're not supposed to be here. There's lines up. The police have already been gone. Yeah, we see a quick shot of Conti digging around in the in more in the same burnt wreckage, uh, and then we get the scene that fucking broke my goddamn heart. Um, we see Mamimi in the river wringing out her clothes, and the classmates. Oh yeah. Are like, Oh yeah, she. I I think I know her. She's like she gets bullied all the time. Yeah, God, so sad. And they talk shit about her. Like hmm, that's kind of sad at that age. Which fuck you guys. Yeah, man, come on, bro. Yep. Um, she turns to look at Nauta with a wild looking face. <laughs> uh, and the smoke starts to emit from Medical Mechanica. I think the best way I can look to describe the face is essentially she's like essentially having almost an out of body experience where she's just distanced from everybody. Mm. She's just like, fuck all of this. Yeah, I could totally see that. We cut to Nauta walking home with Mamimi. 
Um, they're just walking, not talking. She reaches into her pocket and drops her game and lights a cigarette. Hey. And then that's, yeah. Did you happen to notice what the game looked like? What do you mean? Like the like the physical? Yes. Like what it, um, I mean, it, it just looked like halfway between a Tamagotchi and one of those just like, it's one, it's a single handheld game that you get to play, like that shitty football game. Um, I'm going to ask you one question and it's going to go, what the fuck? What color was it? It was red. Red. Okay. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Great. My man's dropped, going to drop some bombs on us. Do it. I do. For whatever reason, I'm like so bad at color symbolism unless I'm specifically paying attention to it. Because <laughs> you're colorblind. <laughs> fuck you. I still know what colors are. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Yes, I knew it was red. That's not what colorblind is, you fucking clowns. <laughs> I thought it was where you couldn't see a color. Yeah, I see everything in black and white like I'm a fucking dog. Do you? No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how Nauta puts it together. Well, not because of that, but because of the game and he sees a cigarette. He's like, oh, oh no, she's the arsonist probably, huh? Yep. And he flashes back through like, all pretty much all the dialogue he's had with her throughout the series so far. Yeah. Oh fuck it. We're just gonna go ahead and talk about this. Do Let's it. jump into it. So there's another um kind of like background connotation that you if you read too much into it, you can kind of get out of that as well. Um she doesn't obtain that game until after the first episode when Conti first shows up, right? Mm-hmm. As far as we know, yeah, it's yeah. not referenced. There's an instance later on in this very episode where it shows a fire being started and she's at the schoolhouse. Right? Mm-hmm. So she was nowhere near to be able to set that fire, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think the reason I think what my thought process was behind that is that she started the small fire, walked to the vantage point where she could watch it burn. Um, the other thing that, and this is just depending on how you want to read it, because there's no proof to this. The other thing is, is that that little game unit could have come from Conti himself mm-hmm. when he still had the red version of him. And once she's sitting there playing it, she's actually setting fires around town. Like con- controlling him to set the fire? Not controlling him, but just like when she does it on the game, it just shows up. I see what you're saying. I kind of actually thought about that for a second, but dismissed it. It's, yeah, I don't know if there's actually like any. There's no proof like, to it, but it's yeah. it's an it's a nice like food for thought in the background kind of thing. Sure. Especially with again that red color symbolism. Uh, symbolism. But we can agree that she's starting fires. Yes. In one form or another, she is starting them. We get a quick shot of Haruko again communicating with somebody who. We may now be able to discern is Miu Miu because he is not pleased with what she's saying. He's beating the fucking shit out of her. <laughs> and then we get the backstory of six years ago, a schoolhouse caught on fire. And uh, Naoto's brother saved Mamimi. And yeah, she then we get the whole picture with her of how it's so fucking tragic where he, she has been in love with him since then because he saved her. And he has effectively discarded her, so she's deluding herself. The whole whether or not they actually had a, a relationship or not is actually left vague, so it mm-hmm. could be just a one-sided infatuation. Yeah, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. And even if it wasn't, like, it's just one-sided now. Um, She's done, he's done left the country, got another girlfriend, left all of that behind. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just trying to replace him with Nauta, with a cat. Uh, She's become interested in baseball. She's ostensibly starting fires. Dude, her shit is really tragic. She has a tough, she has a tough home life. Either her parents are either divorced or she's poor. Mm -hmm. Or both. I think it's pretty, it's, uh, we'll talk about it, but I think her parents are divorced. She drops a line later that implies that pretty heavily. Yeah. I mean, everyone's situation is kind of the same, to be honest. Hers is just, I think, the most exacerbated in that she's literally starting fires to, (laughs) I guess, try and bring back whatever the fuck the brother's name is. I thought it was this God thing. Like, she's supporting the God now. What is his name, actually? It's Ta something. (laughs) No, call him Taku. Taku, Takusu, Taku, something like that. But yeah, her, her, her whole thing is a lot and and to your point monkey like yeah it, i think the the god thing is just another level of delusion but the reason i think she's drawn to starting fires is because the the fire is what caused uh takun to save her initially and yeah kick off that oh, relationship with her the, Im- yeah. the implications is, is she was bullied back in what was the elementary school and then set the fire in there because she hated being there in her own words mm. oh okay that makes more sense yeah she did i remember her saying she hated the elementary school yeah yeah and that's i kind of thought she had started that fire and then what's his face saved her and that was literally like someone saving her life kind of thing and so fuck she's got a lot going on holy shit yep yeah um, the final thing I want to say about this note on Mom, uh, Mommy Me is the idea, just pay attention to unrequited love. <laughs> That's a thing. Keep that in mind with every goddamn character and how they all approach it in their own way. Um, uh, yeah, Mommy, Mommy Me has a whole thing of if you burn it or it's annoying that even if you burn it, the remains stay at the schoolhouse. Uh, yep, she goes. Which is, yep. She goes to kiss Conti as Nauta is rolling up, and then his head sprouts. Nauta gets thrown into Haruka, and she's like, "Get the fuck out of my way!" <laughs> yeah, she's about it. She's like, "Let's fuck fight, bro. Get out of my way." So Conti and Haruko, I keep calling her Haruka. I apologize. Haruko go and fight the robot. Bad shit is about to happen. Nauta dashes in, tackles uh, Mamimi out of the way. Um, and yeah, go ahead. I would actually like to make a note here. When you say that they're fighting, technically, Conti is not really fighting. He's kind of more just like, what the fuck is going on here? Why am I being like, he can't say anything because he's not a verbal character, but he's just sitting there like just getting hit with not actually responding with aggression. Yeah. And Haruko's not doing a great job either. <laughs> Fight's not going well. She gets hit by the taser. But uh, yeah, Naoto tackles Mamimi, and then Conti jumps in and protects them, and Naoto has a moment where he calls for his brother. Um, The symbol on Conti's face changes, the music cuts, and then he eats Naoto. (laughs) And no, he... The symbol and his color doesn't change till after he eats Naoto. I think the, the symbol changes before he eats him. The color doesn't change until after, but the symbol changes. And then you get you get sent to this scene. Is it on this one? You get sent to a scene where you see something screwing into the back of his head. Yeah, it's this one. Yeah. 
and they're just he's just sitting there you see something just drilling into the back of his head and then it finally gets all the way down and it's just a fucking light bulb <laughs> yeah uh that, that was a really nice animation which i don't remember where it is but um jumping over the robot animation i guess somebody jumps over the robot it was just really cool just something i wanted to say i really enjoyed that like mommy is that her name mommy me mommy me mommy me she was like it, it ain't taco <laughs> it ain't taco <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's like so fucking unfazed by everything that's happening. Yeah, and then yeah, like I said, the robot goes ham. Which is when you think about it, is not a really good thing. No, but she's got problems. Oh, yeah, that she's unfazed. I see. Like I said yeah. earlier, she's very disconnected with reality. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Conti goes red. Little Buster's kicks in again. Fuck yeah. Uh, Conti turns into a cannon. He turns into a housel. That's the kind of cannon he is. Okay. Are you really? <laughs> I will take your word for it. Is that okay? Uh, he blasts him and ha- blasts the other uh, robot. Haruka lands on top of it and bonks it and yeah. it explodes. The fight has been resolved. Conti literally poops out Nauta. God, that was, I love this. He <laughs> just said, you're sticky. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Also, something you have to remember, it's very interesting because the bullet goes through the guy, but the bullet comes back inside the housel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's so weird. That that's, that's how it goes. It's it's not like an actual, it's not a bullet. It's like some type of energy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the whole pooping thing is hilarious. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to bring this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I probably, I might be saying what you're about to say, but they kind of have a moment, right? Mamimi and Taka. Or uh, Naruto, sorry. Yeah, um, Haruko is trying to get on the on the Vespa. And is like, we need to get out of here because she hears the sirens coming, and they're both just not listening at all and just staring at yeah. each other. So I just want to recap. We had like a, an awesome fucking robot fight, right? Like pretty yep. actiony, all that stuff. We have that really serious moment, and we had like a poop joke all within about fifteen seconds. <laughs> pretty much. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's for the cooler. Oof, boys. <laughs> oh, that's all I got. That's, I just, I just wanted to recap. Well, to to kind of punctuate that little moment between them, uh, Mamimi comments that the ashes blew away. Oh yeah, that was an excellent quote. And then as they're standing there, Nauta launches into the final monologue of this episode. He says, "At the time, I didn't notice the sirens were coming towards us. I don't know where the lies end and the truth begins." I asked myself what I could do for Mamimi. I decided to stay by her side. You forgot the forever at the end of that, but anyway. Yeah, I, I, I was I actually have that here because I just copy pasted these into it like a document, but I didn't remember reading in the show, so I wasn't sure. But now that you say it was there, yes, totally. So that the whole the where the lies end and the truths begin thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming that's kind of answered later, but we or it hasn't already been like established that that means something yet. Oh, I think boy. it's more targeted at the at the Mamimi kind of and her relationship with the brother. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely part of it because the because Naruto doesn't quite understand what she was to him. Who like she assumes that she started the fire, but she doesn't understand. He doesn't understand like how all of this plays together. Okay, so that's definitely applied to uh, um, Mamimi, right? Yep, I would absolutely. assume so. Man. 
Um, to extrapolate that out, especially since we're about to jump into episode three, I think this point is like really hammered on with the story with uh, Nina Mori, um, the idea of where the the uh, lies end and the truth begins. It, in the context of episode two specifically, you could potentially also apply it to you know whether or not Mamimi was actually starting the fires or whatever. True, but just kind of apply that to every single character. Like outside of Mamimi, apply it to Nauta, apply it to Nina Mori, apply it to Haruko. Like it works for all of them. And I got all the time, bro. Huh? <laughs> Honestly, Nauta is like the only one that you don't necessarily have to apply that to because most of the time, Nauta is named, as his father says in like the first episode, he's named for honesty. Mm-hmm. And he, for the most part, tends to be a very straightforward, easy to read character. I think you're right, but he's still lying to himself. And that, this'll all come to a head, like, in the back three, unfortunately. So we can't really drill on it. Correct, but, but I'm just I'm just saying, like, he's, like, honestly the one that's the most easy to read as the story goes through. Yeah, totally agree. But I, I, like I said, I still think it applies to a degree. Uh, so the production company that made this is called, is it pronounced Gainax? Gainax. Gainax, okay. So I got that... So, uh, this is our second guy next, right? What was our first? Uh, Evangelion. Oh, yeah, right. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, I try to forget too, but... <laughs> uh, but, they, dude, this is the second time, like, this, sh- like they, they just throw you the fuck in there and say, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And totally honestly, respect that. kind of about it. Um, yeah. To be honest, if you don't watch it, like, two or three times, it will... It will have definitely have things that will just straight slip past you, and you have no chance of catching them. Fuck. That's why you're here. Honestly, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we good on episode two? But yeah, that's all yeah, I have for done. the end of episode two. Let's do episode three, Marquis de Carabas. Purple girl. What does that mean? Marquis de Carabas is a story that parallels or is like drawn on Puss in Boots, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's Ooh. about Puss in Boots, like I said. Uh, so Nina Mori is in a car talking to who we will later learn is her dad's secretary uh, about her parents potentially getting a divorce. And Nina Mori is just like, I don't fucking care, whatever. Look at me, I'm a mature person. Whatever they do doesn't matter to me. So, okay, I got I got mad mistress vibes, but it wasn't like for sure. I mean, what the hell? I, yeah. I would care. I mean, hell, I'd get two Christmases out of that. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter to her. She's already rich. <laughs> and like I said, she, uh, either way, it doesn't matter to her. She, she, whatever. Also, you should have picked up on it like 100% because she's like, hmm, I know you stayed over last night and I see you're wearing the same suit. Yep. <laughs> no, no, she said you and you change suits, right? Oh, did she say that? Oh, yeah, okay. and she's like, oh, because you're good at this. Yeah, I think that was the implication is that she knew yeah, Nina Mori knows. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, the scene Monkey was referring to before, where Haruko is outside making a bunch of noise, working on her Vespa. And, oh, uh, yeah. Isn't this it? Oh, no, no, no. I was no, talking yeah, about the yeah, Gundam talking scene. about the, the Gundam, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Nauta comes outside and starts yelling a bunch of stuff at her, and then he mutters, alien. And she's like, hey, what's up? Yes? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Low-life bottom feeder, alien. <laughs> Uh, then her Vespa explodes, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll, worth noting, uh, throughout this entire episode, Haruka is in yet another outfit. You know, I believe you, it, 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 but I, I, I have not picked up on that a single time. 
I have not picked it up either. <laughs> yeah, well, you're fucking simpleton, so. Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't, like, I, I think it says something that it doesn't, I don't, it matters, but, like, uh, it, it I, I'm, lo- I'm looking at a bigger context that I know is coming. I picked uh, up on it, but I don't think it matters much. Um, I, I think it just helps to drive a certain point home, but again, we'll discuss that in the back half. Um, Haruko restrains Nauta. Uh, we don't see fully what's going on, but he is both having a good and bad time. <laughs> yeah, his legs both go to like uh, spaghetti noodles. Like he's just sitting there swinging back and forth. You can tell he's being held up in the air, but you don't know what the hell's happening. Yeah. But you know, it has something to do with what's underneath it is ugly ass hat. <laughs> yep. And if you it's think ugly, his hat looks good, Nita Mori is there to correct you. <laughs> yep. There's some shit about him not liking spicy food. Because um, he's basic. Yeah, he's a basic bitch. And uh, he doesn't like sour, he doesn't like spicy. Are, are we in the classroom yet? Or school? Uh, so, yeah, we get to the classroom. We learn that Nauta is going to be playing the lead in the play, and he's going to be playing a cat. And the teacher is talking about cats. And she's like, they like being pet sometimes. <laughs> Which is so random. Yeah, Why is yeah. there a fucking <laughs> teaching lesson about cats? Their teacher is like 23, fresh out of college. You know she has cats. Has cats. Painfully single. The best bit is <laughs> that they're teaching about cats on this like second grade level or first grade level to sixth graders. Yeah. Like, I don't think this class, I don't think she, I see, here's the thing. I don't think she's supposed to be teaching about cats. Oh, we didn't forget the fact that, um, what's Is it Nina Moy? Mm -hmm. She says that whole, um, what's called the the main character's hats is stupid. Yep. Mm -hmm. Although I really do like bucket hats. Well, I, I love the way she does it. Like, she's not like your hat's stupid. She's always like, your hat doesn't look good, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, her shirt is USSR. Yeah, versus, I want that shirt. I think I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I don't support them, but I really want that shirt. Uh, do you want to talk about the ones? Because we know how much you like to talk about uh, World War Two and stuff like that. Uh, nope, you're confusing me with Conan O'Brien again. <laughs> I understand why you do that. Like we're on Trust the same me, levels of we notoriety. Were not, <laughs> we were not confusing you with Conan O'Brien. <laughs> In fact, we we exchange comedy tips a lot. Uh, like, he's learned a lot from me. Hey, listen, Conan, if you want to come on the show and denounce all of these, just let us know. Email us. At Conan, if you want to come on the show and literally berate me for six and a half hours. He will be so fucking hard the entire time. Uh, his classmate, Nauta's classmates, pass him a magazine. Okay, so that was a magazine, right? I thought it was like a nude yeah. fucking thing at first. Like... Like he was passing porn. Yeah, we're led to believe that until we see what it actually is, and it's an article about uh, Nina Mori's parents. Mm-hmm. And apparently, how her the mayor is being investigated by the the cops for something. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't pick up on that until the very fucking end of the episode. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's like the least important part. But her home life is a fucking trash fire. Again, but she doesn't care because she's another character. Yeah, she's no, she's fine. fine with it. It's fine. Um, then we get Nauta's monologue for this episode. Uh, but Nauta's internal monologue says kids can't choose the adults in their lives. They can't choose their parents. Nina Mori's father is the mayor of Mabase. I don't really get it, but it must make it tough for her. Of course, that didn't stop me from ditching the rehearsal after school. <laughs> Playing a talking cat is really too dumb. <laughs> I don't get it. This, this kid, this kid should be fine with talking it. As a cat, he he has horns going out of his fucking head. Honestly, I'm kind of with Nauta. Like the uh, dude, I've watched enough anime and played enough JRPGs to like see like 
they put on class plays and they just fucking elect who's going to star in them. And hell all the way, no, dude. <laughs> no, thank you. So he knows. Okay, what's your hot take, sizzle, sizzle? Uh, it's not really a hot take, but he knows he's, he has cat ears. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so he specifically says playing a talking cat is dumb. Uh-huh. And he is literally a talking cat. Well, he has cat ears. That doesn't make him a cat. But, like, I think that that was yes, on purpose. Yes, he is stupid. I agree. I agree. He is really dumb. No, I say he's saying playing a talking cat. Like, I think that there's more nuance to that than just the play. Sure. Um, I, 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 uh, the more thing I, the, literally, the bigger thing I want you to think about here is um, the cat ears is probably more of perhaps supposed to be a manifestation of what this shit is actually supposed to be, which we'll talk about towards the end of this episode, I think. All right, well, time to hate the dad a little bit more. Uh, well, do we have to? I don't have any notes about the dad. <laughs> well, they Wait, they right? leave. Um, Nina, and it pans to Nina Mori, doesn't it? Oh, maybe, oh uh, hold on. We totally skipped over Mamimi taking cat pictures with Nauta. Oh, yeah, and then she sneaks the photo and essentially has the photo to use for blackmail, although I don't think she does. No, yeah, Mamimi's just taking pictures with uh, her and Takun and then Nauta taking pictures <laughs> with her two cats. Oh, and yeah, she has a line of like, now it's like, I have to be in a fucking stupid play. Mommy's just like, oh yeah, I used to be in plays. It was super embarrassing, but it was kind of fun. Both my parents would come to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a happy memory. We keep hitting him in the feels. And yeah, this is actually where we learned that now has cat ears. Um, and then, yeah, his dad is trying to sell magazines, being like, hey, heard they're selling good. Check this out. I got more. You want more? And it's actually customer. like a hundred of it's the act- same magazine. Yeah. What the fuck? It's actually the same magazine that he got in trouble for at school. Yep. And as it's implied later, he wrote the article about uh, Nina yep. Mori's dad. Because mm-hmm. she walks in and he's like, hey, you want one of my magazines? What a dick. Yeah, Mamimi, we get a little bit of Mamimi talking about uh, Nauta's head and Conti and just like musing on the stuff that's been happening. Uh, Conti's doing something fucking weird in the cupboard <laughs> and Haruko interrupts him and he looks embarrassed. He's been collecting um, these red shards from all the fires that he's been going to. That happened in the second episode. So you keep seeing him find like little red shards. And if I remember oh, okay. right, he's actually building like a birdhouse or something out of all those red shards. Oh shit! I think you're right. I that was probably a spoiler, <laughs> but damn it. I mean, it looks like a small birdhouse, but I can't really tell. Now that you say it, it does. <laughs> did anyone else pick bir- get birdhouse? Um, no. Yes, of course I did. I realized the color was red. Well, you watched all the episodes, so you don't count. <laughs> <laughs> So when you mean anyone else, did I understand that he was building a birdhouse? <laughs> well, I thought Monkey might be honest for a moment and say no. <laughs> Actually, I have, to, I, have to, I have to be honest. No, I did not. I did not know what the fuck the robot was doing. <laughs> um, okay, the media is over at Nina Mori's, and the secretary sneaks out. She at first comes through the manhole and then gets mm-hmm. spotted, <laughs> and then immediately comes out of another manhole right behind Nina Mori. Got him. And she's like, you're good at this. And she's like, it's because I'm an adult. It's because I'm an adult. Yep. Um, we get over to Nina Mori practicing lines at the train station where for some reason Nauta is there too and finds her. I, I like this conversation. <laughs> this actually shows that they're both like normal human beings. Yes. Very much. I I am a big fan of the uh, Nauta-Nina Mori dynamic. 
I, we didn't call it out earlier, but um, the secretary says something about her fam about Nina Mori's family being nouveau riche. Yeah, what does that mean? Uh, new rich, mm, new money. Yeah, because yeah. I've said nouveau rich twice now, and I, I meant to actually look that one up, but I, like you guys know, I didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, so and that that's why I bring it up because in this in this scene, uh, Nina Mori drops the nouveau riche line, which she clearly picked up from the secretary and is saying to try and see more adults. <laughs> that's what it was because she said nouveau something boots or whatever nouveau. What? <laughs> when wasn't she talking about boots when she used the nouveau? Oh, word? she was talking about the the prince or something. No, that's later on, I thought. Yeah, I don't remember the exact context of why she's... Uh, I, th- I think it's in reference to herself, because she's like, I'm rich, I'm nouveau riche, or whatever. Mm. But yeah, Nina Mori wants to go somewhere, like go shopping or whatever, and Nauta's like, no, nah, I can't, I'm waiting for somebody. I'm waiting for my housemaid or whatever. The 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 one that won him over and hit him with a guitar. But it's fine, I'll still wait for him. And the look on his face when she starts approaching, too, like... Oh, now to my man, don't go down this road. <laughs> There's nothing good here for you. Uh, she comes crashing in, hits Nauta again with her Vespa. He starts spiraling in on Nina Mori. Well, what a good fucking like like uh, this is the one where like like circles around him or whatever like freeze frames. Yeah, yeah, where it's like the very slow amazing. motion, like they're gonna kiss. Yeah, the kiss transfer. Yep. Oh, and if you actually look at it a little harder, you can see like line or like a different color that shows up there that shows the transfer happening. Hmm. Like it looks like um, distortion on the screen or, or something. I can't. How do you put this? Um, it almost looks like vertical screen tear with just sure. like some red huh. coloring, red coloring show up. It's only for like a couple frames. It's really not that long, but it shows the transfer. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. That's interesting. And then my second favorite part of the whole series happens. Well, first I want to say that uh, if it wasn't obvious by now that Nina Mori is into Nauta, it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, they do not kiss. They just He just crashes into her head. Yeah. Yep. Prove it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, go ahead, Anthony. And then the, uh, the fucking... Of course, there's just a megaphone there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> don't touch it. Oh, <laughs> and so like, don't funny. touch the ears. And she's touching the ears. Like, why not? She's like, I don't fucking know. It seems bad. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so like, good. she she loses investment immediately. <laughs> I love that part of this. The, this, oh god, so good. The um, one of my favorite animation things that I don't know if you guys have noticed, but when the Vespa goes and crashes, uh, what's it called? It actually puts out its kickstand and stands straight back up. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, That's great. yeah, dude. Yeah, the, yeah, the kickstand just comes out, and I'm like, I fucking love small details like that. God, the show's so fucking weird. <laughs> just <laughs> packed with nonsense. Yeah, Nina Mori is just playing with his cat ears, talking to Haruka. Neither of them really gives a shit about what's happening, I guess. Uh, then Nina Mori starts to feel sick. Queasy stomach, right? Yeah. Yeah, after the chaos. Yeah, and we cut over to the house. Nina Mori is over for dinner. Uh, Haruka Haruko has bought curry for everyone. <laughs> she brought she bought Little Prince version because now it doesn't like spicy food. That was mild for him. No, it was mild for uh, Nina Mori. No, that was yeah, Nina Mori. That was an even milder version. But the Prince curry is mild, and then it's like 
ultra mild for Nina Mori or something. It's something ridiculous. Yeah, you might be right. Because the dad and the grandpa are having a real bad time. Oh, no, the dad <laughs> um, was just going to town, wasn't he? Yeah, no, but he was like, look no, at no. me, I'm toughing it up, and he's like about to fucking die. And grandpa is just fucking facepalm the goddamn plate. Yeah, grandpa was, yeah, he had the facepalm. I thought dad was just like fucking shoveling. He was, but his face was the face of someone who doesn't want to seem weak eating spicy food. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, Nauta is also having a bad time with his spice. And Nina Mori is like, hmm, eh, you know, it's just a more, a more adult taste. Oh, that guilt trip. And then that's when Haruko drops like that. Oh, yeah, she has like the mildest, like her version is basically sweet. <laughs> Dad starts interrogating Nina Mori and she just keeps responding with, it's no big deal. Yep, it's no big deal times three. Oh, did we talk about the TV? Oh, where no, she's like, what the fuck a, is Conti? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? He was like, yeah. it's our TV. It was like, it, it's, it's, it just walked away. He goes, yeah, it's a TV Walkman. And then it's like, it's eating, it's, <laughs> it's eating so good. curry. <laughs> no, it's a TV Walkman. Oh, a Sony brand? <laughs> oh, did they say that? Yeah. Yeah, they actually do. <laughs> yeah. God, everyone in this world is so goddamn stupid. <laughs> well, that's anime for the sake of anime. They will just totally ignore something that doesn't make a lick of sense. Oh, absolutely. And it's better for it in this case, anyway. Yep. Also, the soundtrack um, in this, I've, specifically, I think in episode three is amazing. Yeah, yes, totally. I, I think this, I did not write music notes because my entire page would just say music rules. <laughs> she does drop a little nugget, though, as she's deflecting, where she's like, ah, I don't care. My parents live different lives from me, so it doesn't matter what happens because I don't care. And then her stomach gets upset again and she runs away. I don't care. Bathroom, that away. <laughs> um, She's taking a bath, and the dad is being a fucking weirdo outside the window. So that was the dad. Yeah. yeah. And he's not actually creeping in, but he's trying to discuss with her what's going on with the, the parents and yeah. trying to get more information for his tabloid. Yeah, exactly. And he's and, and there there is kind of a weird line in there where he's like, do you think I'm a bad person? And she's basically like, I don't care. Whatever, man. <laughs> Mina Mori is in Nauta's room. She has her glasses on. She looks like, cute. <laughs> she does look cute. She's adorable. And she's just petting away at Chunky Cat. <laughs> yeah, he's that, that, that cat probably, he needs a diet. Let's be real. That is not a healthy cat. Again, bringing his American values <laughs> into the Japanese culture. <laughs> no, if I, if I was bringing American values, I'd say, give that cat another fucking cheeseburger. <laughs> Cat eats fucking Mickey D's on the rag, bro. Hey, is there something? Why? What I'd like to know is why you're fa- fat shaming that goddamn cat. <laughs> I'm not fat shaming. I'm saying he's not healthy. I've had fat cats. They get diabetes. <laughs> you're fat shaming the damn cat. That ain't right. Okay, fine. <laughs> also, she comments that she's wearing Nauta's pajamas and they're too small for her, <laughs> which is just a great little subtle dig at his masculinity. <laughs> yeah, Nauta is a small little boy. <laughs> Whether that was intended to be that by her or not, it definitely was from the show. Yep. Uh, and they start talking. They start talking like, uh, hey, maybe we shouldn't hang out too much. People at school might think this is weird. And then she's like, oh, but it's cool if we hang out tonight. And goes and sits on the bed. Now, to somehow, for some reason, lets his head flop onto her shoulder. And then, like, freaks and then the fuck immediately out. Immediately freaks the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this guy knows what he's doing. I don't, I don't think, think he so, knows what he's doing. I think that <laughs> he has absolutely no clue what he's doing. I really think he wanted that, though. 
I am inclined to agree. But again, I don't think he knew what the fuck he was doing. But point is, she's like creeping up to Nauta on the bed, like getting uncomfortably close to him, being like, you're going to be in the goddamn play or I'm going to tell everyone about your cat ears. And then she admits that she rigged the votes. And she starts to talk about the story of Puss in Boots. The big crux of it for her is that Puss in Boots basically pretends to be a prince and eventually he become it becomes true. So she's taking that as lie enough and eventually that lie will become the truth. Oh, I did not know that. That was yep. good. That's good. I like them. And then we learn Haruko has just been chilling on the top bunk this whole time. <laughs> yeah, because he will. She's like blackmailing them. Nice with that. No, although <laughs> I'm just saying, Neville Neville suspected she would actually be quiet. That that fucking creepy yeah, ass smile that she's got <laughs> over and over again. I'm just saying, completely out of her character. The fact is, she did not butt in to say anything before this happens. Mm, well, she's obtaining it? enough information to essentially them use it to manipulate it. Fully fits her character. Nope, no. Nope. I'm just saying, out of last three episodes, not last, last. No, I totally agree with you. Okay. I don't know. She didn't come through the fucking wall with the Vespa and hit anyone in the fucking head. So, <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about Haruko. <laughs> I can't say anything right now. I know, right? That's the issue. A, a good bit of, uh, in the, at least in the Japanese version, I don't know if it translates to the dub, um, this whole time where Haruko is talking to them, she's punctuating all of her sentences with a nya, like a cat. Yeah, she is. That that transfers. Oh, great. What, so she just says meow at the end or what? It's not a meow, but it, when she makes the smile, a certain noise goes off in the background. Okay. So that's how they ended up translating it. It's not necessarily a one-for-one -one translate, but it's it's there. Gotcha. I thought that was a great touch because the whole thing is about cats. <laughs> Blackmailing him. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I guess that's actually not a great way to say it because she's like, hmm, tricking people's or people who trick people are or honest. People are more popular. Tricking people's not nice, which is very hypocritical coming from Haruko. Haruko and Nina Mori bicker for a little bit. We go to school the next day. Now doesn't want to do the play. Nina Mori is wearing a hat, like a big sun hat, which this is such a fucking good misdirect. Uh, they argue and Nauta is like, no one's going to come see the play. And Nina Mori is like, Pete, but my parents will come see it and they'll come see it together. Yeah. There's an awkward silence or no, there's not even an awkward silence because uh, Nauta's like plays are for kids. And she's like, you are a kid. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then he says something like, I don't want to play this stupid role. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be a dumb cat or like a I don't want to play a cat. It's embarrassing. And he knocks her hat off. And <gasps> there's nothing under the hat. It's fine. All right, we'll see you guys next week. But then she knocks his hat off. <laughs> and of course, cat ears. And then she she goes, uh, he hits it off and says you, I didn't want to play a dumb cat anyway. And then she knocks his off and says, well, you're the one that really looks dumb with those dumb ears. Like, mm. dumb ears or something to that effect. Yeah. And then immediately after that, he's mortified and just goes, well, you're the one that cheated to get the lead role. Yeah, wait a fib, dude. Wait a fib. She tells you that in confidence. 
We defib. In confidence? You mean in blackmail? <laughs> I think she was confident when she was blackmailing him. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're such an idiot. I mean, he's got you there. Uh, <laughs> you got me there, guy. Also, can we can we discuss one thing? Why is Ninomoy in a gym outfit? She had gym. And no one else in the class has gym? The rest of them are in their outfits. I'm assuming that they didn't want to put her in the dress because she's going to be a princess when she was sweaty after gym. Mm, maybe. It just seems weird. I mean, there's not really good reason there, but I don't think that they wanted to animate her trying to do a fight scene in a dress. Wait, Sal. Yeah. Are you trying to say that this anime is weird? No, I'm just saying this <laughs> anime is super fan service From this episode on, it's really fan service Oh, really? Because it wasn't in the last one where they were staring up fucking Haruko's... Yeah, there's a lot of it. He's yeah, there's staring, a lot. It's all over the damn place. I don't know what he's expecting here. It's actually... It's fairly tame, though, because, like, they show it, but they don't, like... I don't feel like they point it out that much. Like, the, the obviously, the pervy guy did, but I know a lot of it has been, like, wind-blowing, like, while they're looking off into distance kind of stuff, where you yeah. see a little bit of pain. And it's not and, like, hey, check this out. <laughs> yeah, it's not like... Four kids are also over there pointing like, yeah, yeah, she got bullied and she's got a nice ass. <laughs> what? That never happens in anime. <laughs> the the only like, well, I mean, it, it never feels like leering or weird. Um, the only times that it does feel a little like, oh, this is maybe a little bit uncomfortable is because, again, this is supposed to be largely from Nauter's perspective and it he's fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no, it's not it, like I... I understand this whole this whole um, anime expense, but it really did bug me that she was in the gym outfit. I was just like, I don't like, I don't see any reason why she's in a gym outfit. The only reason I can think of is essentially what I was saying previously, which is they were in gym. They didn't want to get the dress sweaty that she's supposed to be doing the play in. I think that night. Yeah, I mean, logistically, whatever. I think part of it is. Definitely for animation reasons. And I think part of it is so they could do the gag with Conti. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so we do the ear. Yeah. So he, he shouts that she cheated for the election. Um, and then the ears transfer to her. And she starts to go or they start to sprout. And she goes berserk, basically. Um, and tries to attack Nauta and Conti. Uh, Haruka attacks and then she's like this is not working we need to get the fuck out <laughs> her and Conti peace out run over the teacher with the Vespa um the oh she calls the the Vespa like it's a uh, fucking the horse oh what <laughs> yeah, is it she it's, whistles. it's from one of the old westerns where they just whistle and all of a sudden it just comes running oh yeah uh the the thing chases um Nina Mori hanging from the growth out of her head um, it chases Nauta or chases uh, Haruko and Kanji to the roof, uh, dragging Nauta along. Uh, they have the fight on the roof, and Nauta is launched away, but his curry falls out of his backpack and falls inside the monster. <laughs> uh, Which is Conti. the reason why the reason why the robot and Hokuri is there to give them the food. Mm-hmm. And they Conti, yeah, Conti ends up catching Nauta. And transforming. A little busters kicks in. Did the thing hit her car yet? Uh I that think was so. that was Conti coming off the roof to go catch uh Nauta. He crushes the the car. <laughs> 
he fucking destroys it. And the kid's like, she was still paying clothes on it. She's still paying that (laughs) off. (laughs) So bad. Like, why would he know that? (laughs) Because because, because the fucking teacher's teaching cat what cats do. That's why. I mean, yeah, but that's just that. She's the kind of teacher who comes in hungover Monday morning (laughs) and complains about her car bill. Fucking car load. I got three more years. Oh, you fuckers are still here. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, The the monster releases uh, Nina Mori and starts to run. Gets blasted by the Conti cannon. It's another one of the spoof from earlier in the episode of bathroom that way. Yep. Uh, yeah. bathroom that way <laughs> and then runs off the side of the building yeah I caught that I heard you mention that earlier and I was like he did say that both there and at the end like, that that's pretty that's a good call back. Um, I wrote epilogue again but I only had one epilogue I love it when a show does that when they'll do something in the beginning and then throw it back in the line, towards the end what? okay I don't remember what the second monologue is interesting um, there's a monologue about um, the fact that there it shows uh they cut after the fight it shows her on the stage mm-hmm. it says that the parents didn't get divorced oh, and that yeah. he wasn't being pursued by the police for any crimes and then it cuts to her wearing the glasses mm-hmm. on stage and she goes they're fake yeah she sticks her finger through where the lenses would be yeah so good Oh, it's it's funny because it's one of those things like it's supposed to represent how she like changes as being, but then she didn't really because the glasses are fake. No, the point of the glass she wears the glasses because they're supposed to make her seem more mature, and her admitting they're fake is her starting to feel more comfortable in who she is. I would actually go with Salvador on this one. Yeah, because what? because she tells not to don't tell anybody that I wear glasses. She doesn't actually wear glasses. She was just setting up another fib for him to try to walk him into a corner. Hmm. I can see that, but I mean, the way glasses are typically used as like, I'm going to wear glasses because it make me seem older and smarter, especially like she's trying to appeal to someone like Nauta. I definitely buy into the idea that her admitting her glasses are fake are a sign of growth in her character. I've got no opinion. <laughs> Great. So the one thing I do want to quickly just reference here before we wrap I don't know, in my watching it in my youth, like it, it was always like, oh, the stuff coming out of head is like sex stuff, right? It's boners. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's extremely not that. No. Yeah, it's very much more tied to like the person's own emotional internal turmoil, which I'm realizing this time because Min- um, Mamimi has it, even though she doesn't summon stuff. Um Nauta has it at weird times that are not sexual at all. Um, it actually, well, to be fair, that is like or the early stage boners are like that too. The yeah. Uh, the other thing is, is that it can be a reflection of the concept of um the two sides of the coin that I was talking about. Those that think rationally versus those that think irrationally. When I say irrationally, I mean off of like feelings and off of that kind of side of the brain. Sure. And what happens is, is when people are able to pull things out of essentially out of their head or things start growing out of their heads is when those coins are standing straight up. Um, For Nauta, he's usually the, the lawful character that just tries to do things in a rational sense. But when he does irrational things is when the coin goes down, split down the middle and he's got both sides of the coin. And that's when he's able to open the portals. 
Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I sure. I, I actually totally see that theory. I was going to use uh, Nita Mori to refute it, but thinking about it, sure, totally. Um, She's usually the rational person that's yeah, trying to no, play I, the the upstanding character, and then when she yeah. goes emotional is when shit goes fucking sideways. I my only problem with that, and I can't dig into it now, is I think that kind of it's potential my mind will change in the next three episodes, but I kind of think it goes against what I see to be the thesis of the show. Um, well, that's that's the other thing that about the show is it is so fucking open-ended that the thesis, there's no one correct answer. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, I just want to mention that I, I think the, the, the whatever the, the thing that causes people to burst out, because um, he, even think back to the dinner, uh, Nina Mori had another reaction when um, it was brought up that she didn't, or when she said she didn't care what her parents did. Yeah, but she didn't have the emotional flair when that happened. She did because she was lying. She had no, she was lying, but she didn't have the emotional flair like she did in the classroom when she was going against Nauta, where she was just like, fuck the lies. I'm going for this. Yeah, like I said, I, I think it's more internal. Um, and this is something we can definitely talk about in the next set of episodes. I just wanted to introduce the idea. Fuck, I have so much big picture stuff I want to talk about. I hope the next set we can just fucking blast through and they just circle. Um, <laughs> any closing thoughts on episode three specifically? No. Three is honestly probably my second favorite out of all the episodes. It's interesting because you see some character motivations that were rather hidden. Or people that were trying not to be obvious with it, even though they are completely obvious with it. Yeah. Uh, any questions, comments, thoughts, hot takes? I guess hot takes only from Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, I got nothing. Just this episode or total? Uh, total, yeah. This, this is the last thing we're talking about. So out of the three episodes, what do you all think? Um, what do you all think? How would you like uh, rate rate the the episodes like which one do you think is the best which one do you think is the worst uh for me best best to worst worst to best uh best to worst one three two okay i go three one two. Oh no i go three two wait best to worst i go three two one actually <laughs> i go three one two yeah i'm with you on that three one two i actually love three three is really good anthony how you feeling about fully coolie right now i'm in i was in it's fucking like oh episode one dude that's so interesting, dude. I wish I could be watching this series for the first time as a fucking 30-year-old guy. It must be such a wild perspective. I'm 29, you fuckface. Close enough. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, for me, I think... So it, it's interesting because this doing this podcast forces me to engage with stuff on like a level that I don't always... And I wonder how much I would be enjoying this show if I was just like sitting there watching it passively, but sitting here and just like watching it and trying to dig into everything. I'm fucking loving it. I mean, honestly, even as I prefer, I actually prefer to watch it as a show that I don't dig too much because it can get kind of confusing and there is way too many open ending or open interpretations, but I like just the the straight, just dumb watching it, essentially, for just dumb fun's sake. Yeah, I just don't know if that would hit me as good. But I, I'm very much someone who likes to think and 
talk about stuff in this kind of way. So next time on my first anime, will Chris finally get to fully discuss the characters? Okay, listen. If we start talking about Haruko right now, like, you look back to episode one when she did this, uh, but also in that same frame, now was doing this, his dad was off the Will Monkey watch the correct number of episodes? <laughs> so hopefully you guys are here to discuss uh, Alternative and Progressive. I've watched uh, all 12 episodes of those two shows. You guys better not I've fucking tell me you guys didn't watch this because I fucking watched it. Will Vivi have any clue what the fuck is happening with this ending? <laughs> also, who's Vivi? Find out next time on my first anime. Did we, did one for Anthony? No. <laughs> Will Anthony try to continue dodging the outro? <laughs> Thanks again for listening to my first anime. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends and leave a review. It really helps. I'm Chris Bailey, and you can find me on Twitter at Chris R. Bailey or hear me play pretend on the actual play.network podcast. And finally, thanks to Slink for the use of 12 Speed as our intro and Winnie the Moog for the use of Speed Energy as our outro. You can come to my stream, STMonkey at Twitch, where the O is a zero in monkey, so make sure you guys remember that. I play single player games and multiplayer games, well, sometimes multiplayer games, Tuesdays and Fridays afternoons. You can also follow my Twitter at STMonkey, also always a zero and my instagram uh my instagram is mostly containing dog photos of my dog he's a poodle and sit you you can reach out and contact us on twitter at my first anime or uh email at my first anime podcast at gmail.com and if you feel so inclined my personal twitter and instagram are both sir paper plate where you will find only pictures of my cat and once again thanks for listening to my, my first, first anime, anime.